episode of Setting the Tone and ER Retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and with me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today I'll be discussing Season 10, Episode 12, which tells NICU. The episode aired on January 15th, 2004. Lauren, what was going on that week 20 years ago? The Super Bowl 38 matchup is set as the Carolina Panthers and New England Patriots win their respective conference championship games. Fuck you, Brady. Cool. Uh, Big Fish, the fantasy drama starring former ER guest star Ewan McGregor, Albert Finney, Billy Crudup, Jessica Lange, Helena Bonham Carter, and Danny DeVito makes its nationwide theatrical debut, but isn't quite enough to hold back Saruman's orc army as The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King is the number one movie for its fifth and final week. And Lizzie, I'm upset with this because it's Sauron's army that they're fighting in number three, not Saruman's. They I beat thought Saruman I in number Oh my two. God, I'm a bad nerd. I'm sorry. God, how dare you? It's the Pelennor Fields, outside of Minas Tirith. They're fighting Sauron. I know. I love the Battle of Minas Tirith. It's one of Just my favorite saying. speeches in all of the... All Trilogy? Of all, no, all, all of movies, period. Anyway, uh, everyone knows what's cooler than being cool. Ice Cold is Hey Ya by Outkast remains the number one song. Daniel, what else was on? No, wait. Roll Lauren, you didn't do it right. What's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. If you want it done right, you can read them yourself. Okay, next time I will. <laughs> At 8 p.m., friends with the episode The One Where Chandler Gets Caught. At 8.30, The Apprentice. Boy, I don't remember enough about mid-2000s NBC lineups to know if this is going to be a recurring thing. Because if I have to read off The Apprentice every Thursday night for we'll the just, rest of the run. We'll just say that one show. We won't have to do uh, it. The Apprentice with the episode Sex, Lies, and Altitude. And at 9.30, Will and Grace with the episode The Accidental Suris, I'm going to say. That would be what I would assume. T-S-U-R-I-S. I know we have a big Will and Grace fans in our fandom here, so please, somebody, uh, correct me on that. Uh, this week's episode had 21.6 million viewers tuning in, directed by our very own Carrie Tiberius Weaver, Laura Innes herself, directing her sixth out of 12. Last time we saw her was last season with a hopeless wound. I took a look again at her IMDb. She really does do like one a season mm-hmm. uh, pretty much the rest of the way, which I love for her. I love that, that this becomes such a regular part of her just job on the show. Like, not only do you have to be one of the main cast members, but you're also going to be directing at least one episode a season. Love that for her. Uh, and written by newcomer Lisa Zwirling, uh, doing her first of 23 episodes as a writer. She would also later go on, uh, I think, next season to become an executive producer on the show as well. Um, but uh, she is best known for being a producer slash writer on stuff like Flash Forward and The Event, and also notably wrote dialogue for ER The Game. Game uh, couldn't which, get working to stream. Yeah, we tried valiantly, but uh, it, it was so bad that even modern computers were like, nah, fam. The, the AI, they'll let all that shit through. Not this garbage. We're, we're not. We're OBS not, just was not having it. Not ER the game, which sounds like, based on everything I've read about that game, we're not missing much. Uh, Still sitting on our game shelf, along with the basically disc drive. A, basically a Sims clone, uh, yeah. but with e- but with ER skin. Yep. Like, uh, oh, is that what's on the shelf with that game, is the yeah. disc drive? Yeah. Okay. Today I fucking learned. I was <laughs> today, wondering what that was. Uh, and a uh, little housekeeping here. No Luca, no Susan, no Chen, and no Gallant joining us this week. Just a, a real tight... 
tight uh, group we got working with us this week. Yeah. Our previously on this week is brought to us by Abby and Hoa. Hey, do you guys remember that Carrie, uh, Carrie's actually like in a committed relationship with another woman and they're talking about having a baby? And hey, guys, did you know that? Did you know that? Because I, I, that I fucking forgot. <laughs> I... Well, because, because other than, you know, when Carrie was pregnant for a hot second and then that didn't work out and then them having kind of a vague discussion about her kind of pressuring uh, Sandy yeah. into maybe being taking a, a run at it. That friends is the last time yeah. that was addressed. We have not 40 seen weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we have not seen or heard even heard about Sandy really. Right in not all that in, time, it was like, oh yeah, passing. Carrie's a lesbian. That's right. I mean, I, I have to say, I was shocked uh, going into this episode, realizing that like because they've done this before, where they've kind of let storylines fade into the background or or take a back seat before mm-hmm. going back to revisit it to revisit them later but it's rare that one does it in such a way as this where we've mentioned it literally zero times since the last time we talked about it even in passing like no one has been like hey how's the uh, surrogacy thing going or how's the IVF stuff going or how's it like none of that we've got none of that and it's just like oh by the way now she's having a baby wild Absolutely wild. Hey, we love love in this household. So, whatever form that takes, uh, we enter. So we enter mid trauma, and it's a tiny baby on the table. And oh look, one of the parents is Ted from Breaking Bad. Uh, random R three from Peds comes down. Abby is on her Nikki rotation with Ni- with Neela. Apparently, does it seem weird that the two of them would be on the same rotation at the same time? Like. It's a little I mean, convenient. Cons- a little bit, yeah. Uh, can I just take a minute to say I forgot that I put random R3 in for a second. I was like, why did I put Lizzie's username in the chat? Because <laughs> I just saw random R3 and I was like, random uh, gamer? What? No. Three R people. So God. But uh, yes, it does seem a little convenient that they'd be assigned together. Yeah, out of given all how the rotations- few med students there seem to be. Yeah, out of all the rotations that the med students have to do, that they'd. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, makes for a decent episode. Uh, Abby, nope, I already said that. Baby, baby's body on the, isn't getting enough oxygen, and everyone wheels the baby upstairs. Carter walks the parents up. Uh, Abby and Neela just started their rotation, quote unquote, about five minutes ago. And a little f- fun moment with Pratt and Sam saying just how much they hate the NICU. And honestly, I wouldn't. Bl- I don't blame them. That seems like yep. a scary place. Yep. And, it, and speaking of convenient too, there is a, a also a, a convenient amount of uh, uh, forgetfulness about the fact that Abby started on this show as an OB nurse. And, yes, and that she uh, she's like this fish out of water in the NICU. It's like I know I'm not saying that she should know everything inside and out, but like I feel like there should be at least a passing uh, awareness that you know, hey, she used to be an OB nurse, like. It's not like she's not seen any of this. Stuff. I mean, I can imagine like, it's an insanely difficult environment to get used to, though. We'll, sure. we'll touch on this later, but the spot where uh, she changes the baby's diaper without right. the, without the nurse, I'm like, she would know better. Yeah, but that's like, a whole thing. We'll get there. It's a whole thing. Uh, and just to backtrack ever so slightly, uh, I'll catch the the R3 later because I didn't realize that he was in this, or I didn't remember that he was in this scene, but the parents here, mom is played by actress uh, Leslie Farah, who appears in stuff like Pretty Little Liars, Southland, and 24, and the dad is, of course, fucking Ted from Breaking Bad, uh, and he's played by actor Christopher Cousins, who has appeared in stuff like For Love of the Game, Wicker Park, and the aforementioned fucking Ted in Breaking Bad, uh, 109 credits to his name, so we've got... Uh, we got quite a few uh, prolific Oh Hey It's That People in this episode, which we will touch on. 
And we are in with bangs. Anyway, we are in the NICU. Uh, first baby we hear about, this isn't necessarily a through patient, but it's a great way to start, is Humphrey Fowler, an X-33 weaker. His day of life is 58. And Abby just goes, who names their kid Humphrey? And uh, this kid was born with only one lung. And in the background, we hear Lester talking about, this is horrible. Lester, get your shit together. Talking about a kid whose brain is mush, but mom is still holding out for a miracle. Uh, Says two months and $2 million later. And we see the mom's prayer circle with her. This will come into play later. We don't necessarily get the name here. Uh, But then we meet Dr. Rab, who is the director of neonatology. And she gives them a rundown on the NICU policies and, like, the little baby lojacks that are on their ankles and, like, the how the keypad works and everything. And she's talking really loudly about one of the babies. And Abby's like, what about, what about, you know, toning it down? And she's like, confidentiality doesn't exist here. The quieter we talk, the harder they listen. <laughs> Which, I, I don't know. Like, was that supposed to be a joke or was that, like... Uh... I think she meant it sincerely, like... Like, like there's no point it's so quiet in there from like everybody guess, talking yeah. softly to the babies that you're never going to be able to quietly discuss a patient load down there yeah i but. guess um but yeah we so we get uh, a number of uh kind of new air quotes characters in this mm-hmm. episode but but all of them are completely dispensable like they will all be gone by the end but but i will say though they do make something of an impression starting you mm-hmm. know first first and foremost here with dr rab uh, who is a, another great example of like good casting of like she feels very organic to the ecosystem of the hospital and is is very believable that this is just somebody that we've never encountered before um, but doesn't feel like oh we brought in a guest you know uh, a guest star here's yeah. a super famous person that's been occupying this corner of the hospital we've just never looked at before just fits uh, right in right uh, but Dr. Rab, played by actress L. Scott Caldwell, who appeared in stuff like uh, appears in stuff like The Fugitive, The Net, and uh, the TV series Lost. 105 credits to her name. There's also another med student following them around here who is unimportant entirely to the story, <laughs> but I did feel like I should grab her uh, credits here just in case. Kate is the other med student. She's played by actress Michelle No, who appears in stuff like High School Musical: The Series. Today I learned there was a series mm-hmm. based on the High School Musical movies. Uh, Grey's Anatomy and the series I Love That For You. Are we sure that's not just our group chat? Which I love one? that Which, for you. Oh, I love that for you. Well, yeah, that, that could be a, a solid alternate name. Speaking name of alternate Daniel's names. Autobiography. Love yep. that for me. Uh, <laughs> the babies get uh, tough guy nicknames in the NICU uh, as a coping mechanism, I guess, for yeah. the, both parents and staff. Like, it's... It's just as much for the adults, I think, as yeah. it is for the kids. Um, we see one of the nurses who we'll meet in a second uh, putting a, a tag on a bassinet uh, with the name Thor, mm-hmm. uh, which we get a, a number of different nicknames throughout the episode. Um, and so they're going around doing rounds, and uh, Dr. Doctor Rab is asking a uh, you know, question about one of these patients, and Abby kind of – is it Abby or Neela that kind it's of – Abby. Like, yeah, spurts out a, a – just kind of a shot in the dark answer and she says if you don't know don't guess uh they're talking about this uh one patient jacob who is the baby from earlier who doesn't have good circulation in his lower body which is of course causing complications i do like abby's sort of deadpan answer of like well you need blood in your legs yeah (laughs) like why is it bad because you need blood you need that she's Uh, not wrong 
the uh, parents are at a loss. They uh, keep changing the treatment plan for him. And when they uh, press Abby for a, a, a nickname for Jacob, she panics and just goes with Jake, which 10 out of 10. No notes. Great job, Abby. Love Terrell that. Esquire. Is that what? Oh, the, the ultimate Ooh. fighter name. Yeah. Both, both because it's a good fighter name and because of, you know, the shame obsession with UFC. Uh, Abby <laughs> is told to uh, go over and cover deliveries, uh, but she wants to stay uh, with little baby Jake here. So uh, so Neil is running down to the delivery with third year Matt. Uh, he gives her the rundown on how to evaluate and wipe down a newborn, which gross, 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 you gross, would- gross. Gross, gross. <laughs> you would think with how much on, uh, and makeup work on these babies. You would think with how much Call the Midwife I watched that this wouldn't make me queasy, but there's something about their flavor of closet babies that's so much more disgusting. <laughs> They're even closet babies. These are like moving. Don't care. They're moving, Don't squirming care. around. They're gross. The the closet full of babies does get a little bit of a workout this episode. There's yeah. a couple. Yeah. Of, there's a couple of spots where it's like that is a color that is not achievable mm-hmm. through makeup. Yeah. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but set of twins. Neela gets the girl and she's not breathing. Just kind of holds her. Kind of holds her up like, oh, she's not breathing. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, shit. You're using yeah. the one table. We don't have another evaluation table in here for the baby. And this kid's not all right. Yeah. She's very matter of fact about it. This baby's not breathing. Uh, I guess maybe we should have put a true warning at the top of the episode for shit. Uh, <laughs> ugh, whoops. Yeah, trigger warning for the rest of the episode. In case you couldn't tell, since they're working in the NICU, which is a sad place, babies this is going in... to be a lot. <laughs> babies in ba- distress. There's your trigger babies warning. in peril. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so here is where I I marked my. F- the, Going through the notes, anyway, this is where I marked uh, Matt. The uh, I think Gillespie is his last name. Uh, he's the the R3 from the NICU, uh, and he is played by actor Tom Parker, who appeared in stuff like What About Brian Eruption L.A., which... <laughs> I want to watch that. <laughs> I, I was about to say it. And Desperation. Uh, and then the father in this scene, uh, because it's a... a Asian American, or I guess Asian family. They're not Asian American, uh, but uh, I think they, they said Chinese. Yeah, we yeah, learned they're, they're from China. The Sangs, Mister and Mrs. Sang, uh, and Mister Sang is played by actor Jameson Yang, who appeared in stuff like The Ugly Truth, Transformers, and Godzilla '98. A movie Hell that yeah. I am continually reminded that I watched for content. And is is that the Matthew Broderick day. one? That is the Matthew Broderick one, and Hank Azaria. Uh, and mm. I cannot remember who plays the female lead in that movie. My my heart is trying to tell me that it's Anne Heche, but it's not. No, it's not. It's, 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 it's we have Anne Heche at home. Yeah. I forget her name, but. I do too, but yeah. I'm terrible and couldn't even tell you who Anne Heche is. It's not good. Volcano lady. Thank you. <sighs> but then we see a little placard saying day eight, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Dr. Rab is giving a big voice hour. Boy. And Dr. Rab is giving a big voiceover about how hard work in the NICU is. Uh, we see a very happy, sleepy, fat baby. Um, Dirk is his fighter name. Uh, his twin sister, the one that Neela held up and mentioned wasn't breathing, is Inga, is her fighter name. Um, well, they got those names because Neela was too short to give them their nicknames of her own. They get two weeks, and she took way too fucking long, so that's what they got stuck with. 
Lizzie, you were not fucking kidding. That lady is a hundred percent. We have Anne Hayes at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maria Maria Patillo is her name, uh, and her two main claims to fame were being in Godzilla '98 and being a regular on the TV series Providence, which okay. is okay. Quite possibly the most like. Yeah, you made it, but did you though? IMDb, I think I've ever read. Like, oof, oof, she man. Got, didn't she get to? Was I'm not sure she made out with, uh, I with Matthew Broderick in that movie. But I'm pretty I, sure there was at least some romantic tension. With you'd Matthew probably Broderick. know better than us. You you would expect. I would think the craziest thing that I just learned is that they were contracted for a total of three of those movies, and the first one bombed so hard. It didn't even bomb necessarily. Like it it earned uh, almost four hundred million dollars. It critically bombed. It so critically hard. bombed so hard that they just were like, you know what, we're good. We're good. and based on uh, Roland Emmerich's sequel. The sequel sequel work. I'm oh, not sure. sure. Get any yeah, better. that God. I always forget that's Roland Emmerich too. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Independence Day Resurgence. But Let's wipe that. But from give my me brain. give me the Godzilla verse that's going on right now. The monster verse is perfect. The movie that just got moved up two weeks. You mean to March 29th? And I'm very excited. Yes, that one. But who's the NICU nurse, Daniel? Back yes, on track. Uh, <laughs> Virgie here, which is a weird. Uh, character name i would have taken another pass at that in the draft personally like even like margie or something something just not virgie it's not my not my favorite not your best work uh virgie was played, my nickname in high school yeah there it is uh played by actress joanne Barron, who appears in stuff like halloween ends this is 40 and spider-man 2 and she has 138 credits to her name making her the high watermark actor for this episode and I'm sure she's thrilled that one of them is playing Virgie. Virgie. Uh, but Neela proposes ECMO for Inga's condition because baby's not getting enough oxygen and this will allow everything to circulate better and give her heart and lungs a bit of a break. And uh, there's something about Neela has to break news or something. And it's like, no, let me do it because Dr. Rab already thinks I'm an idiot. So there's nothing left to lose if I do it. So... Abby takes one for the team and Neela is going to go talk to the parents and explain, you know, what the potential solution is here. And this is where, again, mark two of 80, where Abby has been an OB nurse and should know this. So the fact that she doesn't is amazing. She uh, changed Rocky's diaper and Virgie needed it for his intake outtake records and tells her to go get it from the trash which is especially important for babies in the NICU because their weight is so closely monitored along with everything else. Because those pre- preemies especially, you gotta be taken care of. You gotta be gaining. It's, it's tough mm. out there. It's, it's tough in the incubator life. Where's, it's rough in, the, where it's is, rough in those mean streets of the warm incubator. Where's that you know what? scene? <laughs> Just oh, of Abby, her digging through the trash? Yeah, Abby dumpster diving for a dirty diaper. For like, Rocky's dirty diaper. Uh, and then Jake, Jake's dad is being nosy with Neela on what Jake's condition is. And Neela's like, I, I can't tell you, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Sang, come with me. Like, I'm not talking about your baby, Jake, Jake's dad. I'm talking about the Sangs. Go away. Did that exchange make anyone else viscerally want to leave their body as much as I, it did me? Because like, I wanted to be like, where is Bill Burr? 
and the other guy from Breaking Bad to come yes. and break this man's neck again. Like, sit uh, your ass down. Like, she's trying to talk to these other parents, and you are fully just like, first he's like all up in Neela's shit. Like, well, can you, can you tell me? Like, just tell me. I know you know. Like, just tell me. And then, like, when she's like, kindly fuck off. Like, I'm dealing with these other people. And then... They're like halfway out the door and he just stops the dad of the other couple to like make small talk and it's just fuck off. Like just go. Uh, uh, oh, the confidence and entitlement of a middle-aged white man. I hated it so much. Uh, but then after that interruption, Neela gives Inga's parents the summary of what the ECMO is doing and mom watches as the blood begins to circulate through the machine and the mom says, if she was born in China, she'd already be dead. We wanted her to be born in America so she'd have more options. And she already does. Which, while tragic, is technically true. Mm-hmm. Um, but we learn, you know, they came to the States in Chicago purposefully while she was due to have the babies so they would be natural citizens and benefit from everything that we have here that, you know, she wouldn't necessarily be entitled to in China. Uh, and then Abby sees Carter checking on Jake and the mom. Mom asks if the kiddo's going to need future surgery, and Abby totally totally tries to get away from Carter. Uh, but, of course, he follows her in one of the supply areas, so let's listen to that awkward conversation. Looks like you're doing well here. Right. Abby, take a look at the CO2. Uh, back off on the right and check it again in an hour. You got it. Parents love you. Nurses wouldn't give you the time of day unless they thought you knew what you were doing. Yeah. Tell that to my attending. You should see me on rounds. <laughs> so Kim and I had our first official tour of the labor and delivery suites today. How can you call one room a suite? They're carrying the bathroom? <sighs> You're gonna be a dad. Yeah. How's it feel? scary especially in this room you start thinking about all the things that can go wrong all the mistakes you can make you're gonna be a great father full term forceps in two that's my cue hey abby you're gonna be a great doctor uh Two things. One, I just had the intrusive thought of realizing we still have not gotten the uh, Robert Romano Gay and Lesbian Transgender Center. That just right. popped into my head for no good reason. Two, um, I love how Carter Smalltalk is just, oh, by the way, uh, my girlfriend and I checked where she's about to have our spawn. <laughs> like, why does Abby care? Why does Abby give a fuck? Why oh. is this what you're starting with? Sorry, just... You really, really put that into the most base level terms possible. Sure did. Um, hey, Abby, consider- remember that time I impregnated my rebound? <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is the mild version of where I'm at right now, guys. This is this is me pulling it back. But yeah, so just that idea of small talk. Yes, it's great that he says she's going to be a good doctor. Blah blah blah. Great vote of confidence. But I just can't get over that. Like the first thing, small talk wise, he says is, "By the way, we checked out where she's going to give birth, and those are sweets." Oh my god, are you kidding? I mean, yeah, it is. It yeah. is like it's a, it's a lot of like empty platitudes, like dressed up with you know whatever. But like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm like just coming out the other side of it a little bit and i'm like realizing that we're you know we're it's a dawn of a new day and everything and like i'm trying 
trying really uh, like, i didn't hate this is my my point no i, I didn't i'm just making fun of it because yeah. that's where i'm at i'm just trying to give it the benefit of the doubt i guess or the benefit of like all right like they are at least making an effort on screen to try to put multiple pins in this like to make you realize that a not only is the romantic part of this relationship over but b like we're we're gonna try not to be like ugly they're about gonna, it the rest they're of the gonna way. be buddies yeah, like it, there's there's a, a piece being uh, reached here, and I'm I'm okay with that. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm just being sassy. Uh, but anything not to talk about the next fucking part, which is just bah. have fun with that. Abby getting called <laughs> down for a forceps delivery. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Neela comes down to help her, and uh, is this uh, Abby? Is all this whining about how tired you are, but you never? Yeah, leave? says that to Neela. Yeah. Uh, this is a mother who, uh, or a baby that is 35 weeks along. The mother's got uh, gestational diabetes. Uh, and they're just, this is, first of all, the, they show the forceps on the baby's head, <laughs> like, which is just a whole lot. And I couldn't think of anything else other than those dog toys with the tennis balls, like where you cup the tennis ball in the thing and then you throw it like that. Literally the only thing I could think of, like watching that visual, like it looks, looks like they're pinching one of those little tennis ball holders on the baby's head. It's it's you know, you had your thing, I had my thing, uh, and also too, this baby is like the most sickly shade of gray as as it's coming out. Like it Lizzie is, and I both made audible gross noises when that baby came out. This one has to be from the closet of babies. Like there's no. You, you oh, can't, absolutely. You can't cast a baby like this. This is... Well, you can cast it out of silicone and make it into a doll. Hey. Hey. But yeah. Uh, so they get the baby out. Uh, Neela and Abby are kind of assessing her. Dad's trying to film as they're trying to work on the baby, and Abby kind of shoes him away. Uh, and uh, Abby shows Neela this trick. or I guess she doesn't show her. She reminds her of the this trick because she's having trouble focusing on the pulse count in the room because of all the chaos and the noise and stuff. And she's like, just tap it out with your fingers. Uh, and it's really like it's a, it's a cool little trick. And it's a nice, you know, this whole episode is kind of uh, a, a bit of a, a crowning of Abby a little bit like yeah. where we're we're seeing Abby level up in front of us. Uh, and, uh, so it's cool to see her have those little, those little moments, you know, uh, but we then, uh, see, uh, er, Neela gets a page from, uh, Gillespie about Inga. So she has to run back up, uh, and Inga is suffering from a brain bleed. They're going to have to take her off the ECMO and, uh, Abby, Abby, yeah, Abby says, Abby finally, you know, shows back up and says that not even, not even you could talk Rabbit into ECMO if she didn't think it was a good idea because Neela's beating herself up over everything, you know. And Inga starts seizing. Abby pushes some Versed to stop it despite uh, very vocal objections on uh, Virgie's part because there's no uh, attending to cosign on any of this. Uh, but Abby basically just goes, you know, fuck you, I'll do it anyway. Like, you know. Little little bit of cowboy shit and a little bit yeah. of a little bit of I will I will give some like grace to the deranged Abby haters out there. The if there was ever a moment of like not Mary Sue's the wrong word, but like if there was ever a moment of just like everything's too convenient, everything works out too well, the in this episode this is it a little bit where it's like 
Abby only gets away with this because she's Abby. <laughs> like, yeah. Anybody else in this situation, if it was just random med student of the week, they would have been tarred, feathered, and fried. Even like, Doug would have at least been yelled at. Right. You know, th- this is, yeah, this is brushed away with relative ease. Uh, and it's only because it's Abby. Uh, but Neela continues to spiral on her guilt about the initial choice to do the ECMO and starts taking it out on herself. And she, Abby's like, just go home, get out of here, you know, clear your head. And as she goes to leave, she does the, she does the, basically the, the NICU hospital equivalent of snagging your belt loop on a door handle as you're already pissed off. Like she's already having just a day and doesn't want to deal with it anymore that she can't get her code to work on the door and she starts to like beat on the door for somebody to let her out because she's so like done with this. So it's not going great for Neela. Although I will say, even though Neela is essentially a sidekick in this episode, it's not like, and she's not getting the same level of, like I said, like crowning or growth moments that Abby's getting because Abby's ah, in a crowning. different place. Ah. God. Uh, it is nice to see Neela not be completely relegated to just like sidekick in this episode she's not just set dressing like she's getting a she's getting a chance to shine on her own so i like that all right we do a little time skip to day 17 at 3 15 p.m uh dirk's oxygen is good and they're going to be taking him home uh inga's lungs are doing better but they're not are not sure about her brain function yet uh abby has a patient that is named chair yeah Yeah. i maybe i'm just being shitty stick in the mud i didn't like this joke I I didn't I didn't think this joke was funny. Like I didn't think it was funny and I didn't think it was like I don't know, I thought it was kind of a I thought it was kind of shitty personally. Like I thought especially because they especially because they have the mother of this patient be a mother of color. And yeah. I f- I felt like it was a little bit of like shitty white lady writing to be like haha uh people of color name their kids funny things. Like, Which is funny because now we could absolutely do it with a white woman and have it be hysterical. But yeah, I just I, like it's yeah. one of those things I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get shitty I'm gonna get shit That's for fine. that for people being like oh they're too sensitive but like I just I was like eh, I don't like that joke. Yeah, that's totally fair. Neela continues to make comments about Inga's condition and she's like millions of dollars keeping these babies alive and half die anyway. Why even bother? And Neela, could you lighten up just a little bit? <laughs> like. I understand it's NICU. It's a very hard place to work, and I could, I would never, I wouldn't last thirty minutes in there for myself. Some, for some reason, this is making me but, think of uh, this is making me think of Wayne's World when Ed O'Neill starts talking to the camera and talking about like killing a man and like with his bare hands and doing everything, <laughs> and then and then you get Wayne from off screen. Hello, like come Just back over and like cam- yank the camera, the camera away. away. That's what I need Ed Abby to do in this moment. Like, just come back. Up. Hello. We're not gonna do that, Neil. I was just thinking of the Marge talking to kids in the back. Kids, catch you lighten up, please. <laughs> As they're talking about like the heat death of the universe or something like that. <laughs> uh, there are no guarantees in this work, and if you can't live with that, I suggest you become a bank teller, says Dr. Rab. Oh, and then we see uh, Abby's removing a baby's IV so the family can get discharged. Just a little moment. Uh, at this moment, Jake's sats are dropping, and Abby takes a look. They have to call Dr. Rab because it's an emergency. Looks like he's got sepsis, unsure where the infection came from. 
And Abby is intubating, intubating, intubating. She's intubating as we see Dirk and Inga's family getting photos as they're discharged. This is a really neat intercut scene of uh, between Inga, Dirk, Neela, and Abby and Jake. Um, But the Inga baby puppet looks horrifying. That's the closest I can come to like what's going on there. Just fucking nightmare fuel. And uh, Inga's mom gives Neela the photo of the family and just says, you know, thank you for everything. I want you to have it. Neela says, see you tomorrow. And this is where I was like, I bet they don't fucking come back. We're never seeing them again. Um, And at this point, they have Jake Stable on the vent with a run of antibiotics. All right, let's go to our next audio clip here. Uh, Abby and Neela are out by the convenience store. One of those better be for me. I just needed to get outside for a minute. And Nikki's so confining claustrophobic there's a reason why matt calls it the box rob's right you know did you eat anything i like science complete answers a plan for everything i can't deal with uncertainty it gets easier i sort of planned you know told you since i started medical school i'm supposed to be loving this well the whole purpose of rotation is to try on different specialties i mean it's okay if i had a baby don't. brother died when he was six days old. I was only three. I remember sitting in my mom's hospital room eating ice cream. I don't actually remember him. And Nikki's just so sad all the time. How can you stand it? I don't know. When I was an OB nurse, the preemies freaked me out. I thought they looked like frogs. I was pretty sure I was going to hate the NICU. But you don't. No, I don't. It's not just about the babies. You know, so much of it is about taking care of the parents. And it turns out tragic family dynamics are my specialty. It's Matt. There's a delivery. So, and so begins Neela's long slow slide to working in the convenience the convenience store across the street <laughs> it all starts here dressing up in a funny hat on the fourth of july yeah i uh i somehow had forgotten the, the little tidbits about neela that we get here like about her family and about um her being claustrophobic i do very much appreciate her being like no i i like science i like answers i like research the rest of this shit fucking sucks yeah which is i mean i get it right but it, it is such a cool like foreshadowing thing because I, I a i don't remember if the brother thing informs any part of her character arc whatsoever i really think that was just a throwaway thing for this episode and like it's gonna go by the wayside of like carter's sister and and uh oh yeah and, and doug's son like it's i don't think it's gonna be a a character thing that is gonna endure um but i do like that it it is it is a nice sort of like uh, dichotomy to their strengths of like you know abby is rougher around the edges on the medicine even though she has the aptitude for it but it's just she doesn't it doesn't come as naturally to her as it does to some other people like the book smarts of it or the the, the textbook knowledge but she is good at the doctor part like she is good at working with patients and like being an environment doing the hard thing like she is very good at that stuff whereas neela is much more the opposite here of like neela is really good at all the textbook stuff has all the answers has all of the like knowledge 
but like the actual patient stuff with her is like mystifying and it's so informative to their overall arcs like you know abby becomes much more of that dr green mold and like neela is much more in the surgical mold and like I hesitate to say the Benton mold because she's not quite that cold, but like she is, no. <laughs> she is definitely like much more in. She's much more comfortable in that environment, as we'll see as we go she's, along. She's she's the Debanco mold. I was to say, bring in Debanco, bring in Debanco. Uh, two more seasons, not just for Lauren, also for Neela. Season twelve, something like that. Yeah, I but, keep forgetting how far it is until we get to him. Yeah. But yeah, it's a while. But um, yeah. So and and also too, it did also make me think of that episode. Her mentioning that she's claustrophobic it made me think of that one episode from like season thirteen or fourteen where she's trapped oh, in a yeah. fucking hyperbaric chamber with the one dude from Mad Men. Yep. Uh, what? Yeah, there's yeah, we'll a the guy there. who plays we'll the there. comedian. The guy who plays the right? the Jimmy Barrett. Yeah, the the comedian yeah, on on Mad Men. Uh, he's playing like a, a a tech or something, and they get trapped yeah. in a like hyperbaric chamber. I believe you, but also what? It was it You'll was get there. it was get getting there. late in the show. All right, they were doing the best they could. Okay. Uh, but holy plot twist, Batman, the delivery that they were paged into is Sandy and Carrie. And remember them? Right. Like, holy shit. This. Why? I mean, I, I'm, you know, it, but just, uh, uh, just, they haven't mentioned this at all in ages. And now all of a sudden, not only are we mentioning it, but it's it's here. Uh, so Abby, Neela and Matt are, are working on the baby. Once uh, he's delivered, Carrie jumps in, very nervous, to ask uh, why they need to bag him right away. And they get, but it's it doesn't take long before uh, little baby Henry here is crying. And <laughs> is this uh, Abby? I think this is Abby's line here, right? Where, Congratulations! No, it's Matt. Yeah, it's Matt. Oh, it's yeah, it's Matt. Matt. Congratulations, mom and mom, which is very sweet. And Carrie gets to cut the cord. Uh, and this is the the debut of little baby Henry, and, uh, the, and the beginning of everything upsetting it. from yep. <sighs> here on out. Basically, K- enjoy it, kids. It's the last happy moment in Carrie's life right here. But Daniel, you know why they had to have their baby here, right? Not just because Carrie works at the hospital, but because they're, you know, in the shadow realm, there's not really very good health care. It's true. So they wanted to have it. <laughs> no, in Chicago, no level one trauma centers in the shadow realm. Oh, God. Well played. Uh, but then we go to day 21, 5.15 a.m. Neela is bringing coffee in with her stuff. I need to note the impressive dexterity this takes. When she's doing this, she's got her bag in one hand, two coffees stacked in her other hand, and she uses the hand with the coffee to do the keypad. I want to know I... how many take, takes this took well, the with top her not cup, dropping stuff. The top cup might have been empty. Oh, no, but they're still, both, it's just... 100%. Uh, I've, I've noticed this. We've been watching. Uh, well, I watched this episode, obviously, but we've also been watching Better Call Saul, which mm-hmm. there's a lot of coffee cup holding in that show. Yep. Uh, and particularly ones like these, the paper cups from the, the yeah. vending machines. And uh, let me tell you, they do not account for liquid when they're doing the sound Wait. design. Like when they're. Yeah, yep. because like it looks fine when they're holding it and they're walking down the hall and they're doing things, or even when they're, they're sipping but from the, it. Actors are usually good. It's when they set it down on a table, you can always tell the echo. Like, yeah. It makes the little like plunk sound when it sets down on the table, when it's empty. And it's like, Oh, you were so close. You were so close. Yeah. So still, I was admired by that, a uh, feat of dexterity, but Abby is asleep at one of the little workstations. Uh, we find out Jake's not great. He has a NEC, a serious intestinal infection. 
and they haven't heard from Inga's parents in three days, no call. Uh, Lizzie has come over to, like, check on Jake, and she tells them that Jake has perfed his abdomen, and they need to take him to repair the bowel as it is dying, and they're waste and, like, they're losing time. Uh, they can't wait for the parents, so they have to wheel his incubator up right away, and, um... Right as they're wheeling him out, the parents come, like, through the elevator, so they give them the update as they're starting to wheel him upstairs. Uh, Abby stops them for a second so Jake's big sister can say hi. Very sweet moment. I pictured my big sister and me, because we were probably roughly these mm, ages, yeah. when I was in my tiny little incubator box. Uh, she was not allowed to see me at all for the first, like, eight weeks of my life, because, you know, stuck stuck in little baby prison, uh, and she had chicken pox, You're so absolutely not. In your little baby Loki cage. <laughs> yep, so I, I just pictured, like, my sister, like, she would have done the same to me, um, but Neil is getting set up. She wishes mom a good morning. This is the woman from the beginning of the episode whose baby had been, uh, whose baby Lester had called a paperweight. In the beginning of the episode, again, fucking Lester, get it together. Where has he been this whole rotation? He was with them at the beginning. No, he Where was, is he? He was, uh, no, he was passing off. Okay, got that, it. Because um, you see Abby and Neela do the same thing at the end of the episode. Yeah. So it was it was Lester passing off to these two. Got it. Okay. So either way, this baby that we heard referred to at the beginning of the episode, this is the woman who had had the prayer circle and everything. Uh, Mom is by herself right now. She told the prayer group not to come this morning. And she just said, I don't want him to suffer anymore. Essentially, if I thought I prayed enough, if I told God I believed enough, I thought something would happen. But Oof. nothing's going to happen. So just very, very sad, somber moment with Neela and this mom. Yeah, it's it's such a like, uh, it's so emblematic of like just the NICU in general that it just like, mm-hmm. it grinds everyone down like like even the most hopeful and like the and not to say that nothing ever good nothing good ever happens but like it is just such a like grind of uh a space like and and like they like they referenced earlier in the episode with matt calling it the box like it is like this very confining space that is not designed to do this but it does sort of do this where it just grinds you down over time as your hope yeah. drains away and uh and and i also feel like i should point out too that like or i should mention you know like we talked about uh we briefly mentioned it last episode the guy we interviewed charlie charlie lagola this is one of the first episodes he really talked about having like a heavy duty like assignment for was this episode was basically like hey we need you to build an entire NICU by the end of the week uh and it has to look like right you know it has to look realistic like this so this is not just like a reused part of the set where they just did like like i think they did for the uh the peds er where they just kind of like picked a corner of the er that they weren't really using that week and and threw a fresh coat of paint on it this is a whole new set and a whole new area of the hospital that had to be constructed from scratch and he had roughly like five days to pull it together looks good i would love to see the the like the behind the scenes of that like i would love to see just just set up a camera in one corner and and show me them building this from absolute scratch i think that would be fascinating uh and pratt's complaining about his patient being bumped again and asks abby what's going on that his patient had to be bumped and we learn that there's nothing really viable in the bowel it's completely infarcted so the entire bowel is dead and well you can't live without a gut so and I, I should mention here, this was in relation to Jake being in the OR. I yeah. forgot to put that in the notes. Sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, Pratt tells her to wait for the attending to break the news to the parents, and Abby's like, is that what you would do? And Pratt's like, eh, fair enough. And so she tells Jake's parents the bad news. Poor Ted. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's... um, One of the... There's a couple things about this that I I like. I like that there is... uh, I like that there is, like, a believable kind of growth... Like... I don't know. Pratt's Pratt's role in this episode is is so interesting and like so strange. Like he's not he's not involved that much, but he is sort of just this like symbol that like pops in and you know like he's he's on that same growth journey as as Abby is and as Neela is, but in a different sort of way and like I just I don't know. I really I'm a I'm a fan of his little drop-ins here and also too, I really like the realism of because this is day twenty one, I think. So they've been in, mm-hmm. they've been on this rotation for a while now. Um, I like I like the line where she's like, "Yeah, do you remember? It's the kid that we uh, admitted from down yeah. from down there a couple of weeks ago. Don't you remember?" Yep. And Pratt takes a second and he goes, "No, not really." Which is yep. such a realistic line. Like, is such because that is so much the um, the mindset of the ER, like the mindset of the ER is turn and burn, treat and street. Like it, you can't get caught up in the like minutia of every single patient and every single outcome. It is just like, there's another one coming in right behind it. So like you have to just move on to the next one. And so even though this is a, a, a horrendously upsetting case, he, it didn't like make any permanent impression in his mind. He just moved on to the next one. And I feel like a lesser show would have been like, oh, yeah, I remember that kid like it because the audience saw it. So clearly Pratt has to remember it. And Pratt has to like, no, he's a fucking doctor. He's seen a thousand patients since he saw this kid. He's on to the next. So good writing. Professional TV writer. The uh, the amateur podcaster who's never written a thing in his goddamn life. He approves (laughs) of of your uh, your writing skills, ma'am. And that's what matters. Neela, we see Neela trying to get a, a Chinese interpreter on the phone. Uh, Abby's tearing up as she gets Jake all cozy after surgery. Uh, there's some excellent, excellent music cues here. Shout out to Martin uh, as Neela's on the phone, and Abby takes Jake out of the NICU for the family. They let him uh, let the parents hold him. Uh, he doesn't need the sterile environment anymore since he's not going to be recovering. Um, and uh, Dr. Rab says uh, th- th- they're kind of wrapping up the rotation here. And Dr. Rab says that she really hopes Abby will give neonatology some serious consideration because she's one of the best students they've had. And I forgot to mention when we introduced Dr. Rab at the top of the episode, this is Dr. Rab's first of two appearances because in a bit of like wild, wi- wild willy type synergy, uh, uh, she will be appearing once again at uh, Abby's graduation. Uh, which I think is a really sweet little touch that, okay. uh, well, because, you know, like there's a crowd of people there and much like, yeah. much like Mark's funeral, like it's an opportunity to bring those little character threads full circle. And so I, yeah. I appreciate that even at this later stage of the show's lifespan, they're still doing stuff like that. They're still taking these little tiny character threads and placing extra significance on them to say like, no, even though this character is only going to be here for like one episode, really, and we'll make a you know background cameo appearance in another like it, it it's it's important like it's important for the building that doing that world building and you know adding some significant th- these are not just faces in the crowd these are like people that have impacts on these characters lives so i think that's cool yes um 
we do get confirmation that Inga's parents have gone back to China with Dirk leaving Inga alone. And Neela is just like over it at this point and is like, please tell me this is our last day here and I don't have to do this anymore. Uh, poor Neela going through it. We uh, see a, a brief shot of Carrie and Sandy. Henry's going to need another seven days of antibiotics unless they agree to an LP today. And uh, Carrie says to let Abby do it after Sandy tries to request for Dr. Rab to do it. Uh, we find out, We go back, we find out Inga will either be adopted if she survives or be sent to a long-term care facility. Uh, and this just, like, sends Neela over the edge, and Dr. Rab has to kind of give her a reality check and kind of kind of scolds her for oversimplifying things and being judgmental about the whole thing uh which is totally yeah. valid like and totally like there's something neela needed to hear like is this a shitty situation yes are the parents ultimately like i guess morally like base level wrong for doing it yeah probably but it, there is a human element to it and there's a human like humans are complicated and humans are fallible and I think that's the message that Dr. Rab is trying to get across there to Neela. And I, I feel like it's important, not only for Neela as a character, but for the audience to hear as well. Because so often with stories like this, it is painted with the most simple, broad brush where it's like, oh, how could a how could a parent, you know, how could, you know, leave a child alone in a foreign country? Like, it's messy. It's complicated. Like, there's just there's a lot of stuff to consider there. And I just it's important dialogue, I think. Uh, we see Abby doing the LP uh, and uh, Carrie with a nice little nice little attaboy to uh, Abby here with uh, where she says, you get CSF on the first try with Dr. Mom breathing down your neck. I'm impressed. And uh, Abby makes a joke about how long she's been working uh, on this shift. And uh, Sandy, <laughs> Sandy is very like, you, <laughs> you've been on shift for how many hours and you just stuck a needle in my kid's back? Like she is not cool, not, not not okay with it. Not okay with this. Um, and then we see Neela and Abby giving uh, uh the next round of med students, uh, just like again at the top of the episode we saw with Lester. She they're, they're giving the next round of med students a rundown of current patients before they finish off their rotation. And Neela uh very solemnly takes the picture of her and Inga's parents off the wall and tapes it to Inga's incubator. I need y'all to know that if I could sing better, I would have just done Circle of Life right there. But alas, my my vocal cords are not up to the the beautiful workings of Disney <laughs> music. <laughs> but it's in in your minds. Pic- Theater of the mind. Picture it. But quick, make some tea while we listen to our last audio clip here of the day, which is also our last scene of the episode. Uh, Abby takes Neil up to the roof to drink cider and smoke some cigars. Y'all signed out? Yeah. Ever been to the Sky Park? <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> I told you. Why are cigars associated with babies? This stinky thing really has no place in a nursery. It's Freudian. Something about men wanting to have sex with their mothers. Thank you. <laughs> you know what else I don't get? Why we're drinking cider instead of champagne. You're supposed to get champagne for a champagne tap. Is Weaver that cheap? Weaver knows I don't drink champagne. So are you still thinking about neonatology? Not in a million years. I hope you didn't let Rab discourage you. It's more than that. She thinks you should go into Nikki, you know? Yeah? You should. No, thanks. 
I bet every attending tries to recruit you. Oh, please. Look who's talking. Your mind is a sponge. Maybe, but... You've got that thing. I don't know what it is, but it's much harder to learn. I think all that cider's gone in your head. I love it so much. I also love the just quiet... Uh, Weaver knows I don't drink champagne. Yeah, yeah, which I... Because at first I was like, I was like, she really fucking had champagne. Like, it, I thought about it, and then I was like, okay, cool, they're drinking cider. Like, yeah, but I also can't... Yeah, sparkling cider is great. It's, it is. It is. I, just, I can't remember if there has been any sort of, like, verbal confirmation that Weaver is aware of Abby's previous issues. Like, I, I mean, obviously I know Carter is, and I know Susan is... And like, so I'm sure that Luca. it 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 would it would have filtered its way back to Carrie one way or another. But I can't. I'm struggling to remember a direct confrontation. I don't think, I don't think they've had a moment about it yet. Yeah. So it, it's Excuse just me. it's a, a nice little bit of passing dialogue. Um, again, like <laughs> this is how <laughs> this is how you keep storylines going that don't have to be the focus. Uh, writers, like you don't. You don't just not mention that Carrie has a partner who's also considering uh, having a baby and maybe is actively pregnant until the actual baby arrives. Like you can have, like, boop, there you it can is. have these little like these little passing bits of dialogue that just let you know that hey, there's other stuff going on in the background. It's just yeah, that was a great moment. I also like uh, Abby referring to it as the sky bar. Like that <laughs> that was a very uh, nice distinction there. Instead of, uh, let's just go up to the roof. Have you ever been to the Sky Bar? Love that. And I love this episode. And cigars suck. Very overrated experience. Yes. Uh, if you ever want to turn your esophagus into a paper towel tube, definitely uh, definitely go for uh, the cigar. That, I di- I've only done... Can I recommend? I've only smoked cigars like, like maybe twice in my entire life, both, both times in college. And yeah, not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's not great. You look cool, I guess, but like, no. Uh, but yeah, I I love this episode. Like I said, the only my only like black mark or, or, or knock on this episode, and it is admittedly very minor, is that they do have quite a bit of amnesia about Abby's prior OB experience. But that's a minor, minor gripe. Every every everything else. Now it's not a particularly fun watch because it's kind of a bummer of an episode. I think that's an important distinction, a good episode versus a fun episode. This isn't a fun one, but it is good, and it is, like, a bit of a, a crowning achievement. Like, it is a bit of a passing of the torch. Not passing of the torch, because but it's, it, it, like, Abby is definitely leveling up and evolving through this episode. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd agree. I'd give it a 8.5 or 9. Like, this was definitely one that even though I was doing notes for it, I was still enthralled. I'd give it an 8 just because it is such a goddamn bummer, and that's, yeah. like, kind of the last thing i needed that's very right fair now. you only had one cry i was it was it was okay yeah. uh no yeah. have to die alone folks nope oh so i'm gonna come hug you but no i i definitely agree i think from like a quality standpoint it's a nine from a watchability standpoint because it's so fat sad it's an eight so i'll settle on 8.5 yeah all right what those listeners have to say about it uh, Mary L says, I love this episode. Abby being there for Dr. Weaver and Henry. She has such a way with people, families, colleagues. Uh, I love when she is rounding up with an, 
I love when she's rounding with another med student. It's a different language. We'll pick it up quick. She's starting to realize that she is Dr. Material. Love, love this Abby. Uh, at username 11 says, first of all, kudos to the production because they really captured the trapped nature of a NICU, both for the parents and the exhausted staff working there. Uh, I like the episode as a character builder in the vein of Hell and High Water. Both episodes are primarily self-contained with high stakes, but at the end, the finer details aren't as important as how the broad strokes affect our characters moving forward. Doug's ripples are external, while Abby and Neela are more internal. Abby is starting to recognize that all she has to offer... Abby is starting to recognize all she has to offer. She deflects when Neela compliments her at the end, but you can see she's starting to buy it, while Neela has self-doubts after a discouraging rotation. Even the Abby-Carter scene feels like a closure for them, and now they can move forward without any weirdness. And while NICU doesn't have a dramatic underwater rescue like Helen High Water, it does have a distraught Abby wordlessly swaddling a dying infant and handing him to his parents for the last time. This proves yet again how ER knows how to do quiet moments just as effectively as the big and bold. And where is Mora's Emmy, damn it? Uh, Jen T says, So, first of all, y'all suck for making me rewatch this one. Yes, Jen, we forced you to put this on. It's so, so, so good, but so, so heartbreaking. I always forget that episodes like this just hit so much harder after having kids. Then I'm there and can't stop watching. Ah, the true birth of the Neela Abby friendship. I'm so happy we're here. It was so interesting to watch Abby be a complete friggin' rock star while Neela struggles with everything. The moment with Carter is a great little moment of, I'm glad we're back in the place where we can want nice things for each other, even though that means we're not together. I do roll my eyes at a, a little at, you'll be a great doctor line, because that's literally exactly what Luca says to her before their first kiss. Get a new line, Carter. Neela and the Ing Inga story. God, so tough to watch and sad to know it's truly the reality sometime. The Cobra story is heartbreaking and Maura Tierney proves once again that she's the best damn actress the show ever had. I too would like to know where her Emmy is. Also, nice little moment with Pratt asking if that's what he would do when he tells her to wait for the attending. The absolute joy of the Carrie Sandy moments and Carrie trusting Abby to do the tap is lovely. I'm just sad about it because I know what's coming. Anyway, I'll quit before Lauren hates me. I could never hate you, Jen. Solid 9 out of 10 episode and one of the best of the season. Daniel, do you want to treat us to the last but certainly not least? Last but certainly not least at the full-time dad. This episode, damn. It's a tragic classic in every sense of the word. A crossroads for Neela, a revelation for Abby. Some of the hardest years I've cried in an ER since Mark died. And the one really happy note becomes incredibly somber when you realize this is the second to last time we will see Weaver and Sandy together and smiling. Yikes. I think Sam said it best. I hate the NICU. But I love this episode. I've always been a fan of the episodes that give us character arcs that go in different directions. Neela enters the NICU confident and excited and leaves it in the state that becomes her trademark in her early years. Judgmental, panic-stricken. We see her first bout of claustrophobia here. And dour. Meanwhile, Abby enters the rotation feeling out of her depth and leaves it with a connection with Dr. Rab that will become critical in later seasons and with a confidence that she could find success in the profession. As Carter says, you're going to be a good doctor, and you can see Abby beginning to believe. I love the moments that Carter and Abby have, as well as those uh, b between Abby and Weaver, the latter being such an unsung relationship during the show's later run. It really comes into focus when Carrie leaves when she and Abby have that last goodbye. 
add in some of that magic, uh, some of that classic damage score used throughout, and some really good tertiary characters, Nurse Virgie and uh, R3 Gillespie being a dichotomy that works. And this is easily one of my favorite episodes we don't talk about as one of the greats. This is the when night meets day of season 10. Definitely feels Y'all crushed it today. Definitely feels <laughs> uh, good to like get back up on the horse a little bit after uh, Freefall. Like Freefall, it feels like kind of slammed the door shut on the, the strong beginning of season 10. And we've kind of been stumbling mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. So it was nice to like actually put one back on the board that you can be proud of and be like, yeah, this is a good episode, damn it. And it's still all better than season nine. Yeah, well. Uh, Are you sure about that? Yeah, um, no, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's definitely still better Do than Do you not nine. remember the shit storm oh, season nine just oh, was? Oh, how quickly remember, we I'm forget. I'm remembering how, how, many, how, some, how big some of these clunkers have been. I mean, we've all, well, I mean, Lizzie, Freefall, recency bias. Freefall was, uh, was eight, and Freefall was a, a decent episode, despite the fact that the, the moment is a little silly. But, like, nine was a clunker for sure. Ten was okay if a little bit you know and then 11 was a a step in the right direction even if it was a little bit just kind of there so like that's three episodes i feel like we went through a stretch in season nine where it was like six of like seven eight episodes like it was a slog 22 22 (laughs) no when night meets day is in season nine that episode is good i know i know i know but uh, good job guys the comments absolutely killed it this week so thank you and I'm getting a headache, so I'm just going to say thank you very much for listening. Uh, please just support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast, where you can get some cool stickers. Maybe new ones coming soon. Who the hell knows? No. Don't tempt Daniel. Don't, Don't tempt, tempt Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Our sticker artist just got engaged, which congratulations to her hey, and one so of my she... high school besties. So uh, she'll be busy. So she's stuck with us forever is really what I'm saying. We got yes. time. Um, and... Get a whole bunch of other additional bonus podcasts, which are really super cool. Uh, thanks, Ian, for listening. Really appreciate it. We will see you next week. Bye.